Hello, welcome to the Digital Prosperity Podcast with me, Will Williamson. In this episode, we have no David Roberts joining me. Uh, Instead, I'm going to play a recording of a video webinar that we put together called Working with JDR Group, Your Questions Answered. So this was a roundtable discussion between myself, Andrew Lehman and Andy Gibbons, or long-standing members of the JDR Group team, uh, where we discuss the most common, the answers to the most common questions that we get asked by people who are thinking of investing in marketing, thinking of investing in digital marketing services, and more specifically, people thinking about working together with us. I hope you'll find it useful. Uh, This is a a video recording originally. You'll find the actual video if you prefer to watch it on that medium on our website, jdrgroup.co.uk. Just go to the resources tab and uh, look for webinars and you'll see it there. Uh, There are moments where we are referring to things we are showing on screen. uh, So those will make more sense if you then refer back to the video. Uh, But I've also included the links to those resources in the show notes of this podcast. Hope all that helps. Uh, Enjoy the session and hopefully it will answer some of the questions you might have in your mind if you have been thinking about, you know, who are these guys at JDR Group? Why should we entrust our marketing to them? Are they the kind of people we would like to work with. If you'd like to speak to a member of our team at any point, uh, again, go to our website, jdrgroup.co.uk. You can actually book a 20, 30 minute Zoom meeting, an online meeting in uh, with Andy Gibbons to uh, to start the proceedings and, and start discussions. And you can do that directly from our website. So again, just go to jdrgroup.co.uk and enjoy the show. Hi there, Will Williamson here from the JDR Group. I am with uh, Andrew Lehman and Andy Gibbons. Hello. Uh, Hello. It's going to be confusing because I'm going to be saying Andy and Andy the whole time and no one's going to be sure which, <laughs> which Andy I'm referring to. <laughs> um, uh, Just call me Andy L and Andy G. So Andy L and Andy G. Yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if I should call you Andrew, Andy L, and you Andy, Andy G. Uh, I think okay. one of you could become an Andrew. It would make... Well, I think I can be Andrew. Okay. Yeah, you're more, you're more of an Andrew than me. Like, yeah. like Andrew Cole suddenly me. became Andrew <laughs> Cole. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, be- between the three of us, we uh, have uh, probably a combined 30 years experience of working with small, medium-sized businesses on their sales and marketing. And um, uh, between us, we've probably talked to thousands of, of business owners now about what they're doing with their website each, i would say yeah, yeah probably around that now surely and we get asked questions all the time so the purpose of this video um is uh, just to run through some of the questions that we get asked most often uh, hopefully this is uh, useful for you if you are thinking uh, about investing more or changing your your digital marketing or your your sales approach or your marketing strategy, or if you are considering working with uh, with JDR. So let's dive in. Um, uh, I believe you both put some questions together that you get asked uh, most commonly. Um, Andy G, do you want to kick off? Yeah. So one of the the most simple questions that I get asked is that obviously with inbound marketing one of the the key topics is content 
okay and so one of the obvious questions is is that when we think we do is we write content for our client and we get asked how do you know what to write about when you're not an expert when you don't do what we do so to speak which is a perfectly understandable if i was a business owner the first question i would ask to be fair mm. so it is quite a, a lengthy because it because it is complex isn't it as well yeah. like yeah, because it's not, there's no, it's not it's like not oh yeah because we, we're not experts in what they do we're not coming to them as an expert in their field mm. it the way i see it is sometimes like that's an advantage because actually their um who their ideal client is might not be that technical qualified person so mm. actually it can be more of an advantage for us to create someone else's content for them because we mm. don't get all the technical detail that that people don't really care about so to speak um, we do it for what a hundred plus businesses don't we we write their content for them and i was looking through <clears> the <throat> schedule this morning and just to give you an idea i wrote down a few examples of the type of stuff we're writing content about the plastic welding kiln manufacturing car transportation systems boreholing in electrical installations solicitors accountants software uh, wind energy, insurance, document shredding, IT support, recovery chambers for sports people, recruitment, packaging, flooring. So that's 20 or 30 examples. And there's uh, you know, plenty more of w- w- weird and wonderful things that we write about. And you know, it's not like we have to, you know, if you're a lawyer, we don't need to get law degrees to write content for you. I think the, I think the main thing really is that we're writing not for the customer, we're writing for their persona. That we're writing for who they, who it is that they want to talk to and often yes. that person they don't need to know the details about ball holding or you know they don't need to know all the technical um, expertise stuff they're really looking for the answer to their question and how yeah. it's going to help them so yeah. that's what you were saying Andy about that advantage of um, being approaching it from the perspective of the layman definitely I think though in in some cases there is the client's persona as you put it is quite a technical person as well though so i think in some cases that kind of technical to technical high level content is something that is 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 off is sometimes required which obviously you know we're still going to produce that content but the client is probably going to be more involved in checking vetting and actually getting that sort of deep we've got to get that deeper level understanding of of what's being produced it's not a case of all ringing up oh hi steve what can we talk about today and you know, it's a lot more planned out and structured than that. And obviously, when we're creating things like content plans as well, is that there might be a really technical article that's going to be needed. And that client can see it in six, eight weeks time. And they know, well, actually, I need, I want to be involved in that one a lot more. And I think that that having that planning and that structure often helps as well when we're producing content. I mean, I'm I'm, uh, quite heavily involved in uh, a lot of our client campaigns. So, um, uh, you know, no, no two clients are exactly the same when it comes to content. We, we vary our approach sometimes according to the, the people that we're dealing with, um, with the client, as well as the industry and the, as you said, and the elder persona um, <clears throat> who we're writing for. And uh, so if we, if we do have a business that's in a very technical, they're like their, their persona is very technical. Like we've got one client uh, that is their their persona are PhD level geologists. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, 
we we definitely need to kind of work together with their experts to produce the articles. Uh, so uh, we might do like short phone interviews ahead of writing articles or help have them help give us some um, uh, pointers to points of points of reference that we can go to uh, online uh, or to give us the kind of the key bullet points uh, for us to then do the legwork of drafting it all up for them to then kind of refine it before it goes live. Just commandeering the screen here. Great. So you, while you're on this, yeah, you're, you're talking about the you know, uh, existing uh, independent research. Uh, we, we do our own research, but we you know, we listen to the customer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for, we have uh, two people who are content, content coordinators at JDR now, don't we? So we have a big bank of notes on every client. So if when you get your feedback and we get your feedback from a piece of content yeah we, we always say never rewrite it you give feedback if you've gone wrong phrase something wrong you feed it back to us and that will go on your big bank of notes and before mm. you get your next batch of content it will have gone through your content coordinator mm. so we're learning from feedback so we will you know you'll we'll hone it more and more as we're going through going through things um, i think that's a common challenge isn't it is that yeah. with marketing companies is that you are if you read something, it's your business and the natural urge is to change it yourself, isn't it? Oh, that's not quite right. And I'll do it. And, but the problem with that is that the agency, or if they do get it wrong, you know, they never learn, but actually yeah. quite in my experience is that a lot of marketing agents prefer that. They'll send you the content. If you don't like it, you change it yourself sort of thing. So the same mistakes are being constantly made all the time. And actually the way that we do it is obviously learning from those mistakes and making sure that we insist on doing the changes. I think it's a really positive step because it helps yeah. us become more accurate and, 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 and learn better. So you think a lot of people have been jaded as well by, uh, they've had experience of, of uh, companies, you know, agencies writing blog articles for them. SEO companies and PR companies doing, yeah. doing right. short articles, yeah. So yeah, people definitely. know our six step system and it was it's often that they've gone, they bypass point number one, strategy mm -hmm. and planning, and straight to writing content, which is, you know, you're doing it for a purpose, which is to get more traffic to your site. But it's initially it was an strategy. SEO tactic, wasn't it? That's what yeah. blogging was. It was, it was you had it on a usually on an external site to build links to your yeah. site to get higher on Google. It was a no. The, the blog articles originally were never designed to be read for a yeah. lot of the time. It was done it, yeah. for a marketing perspective. Whereas now, obviously more people are googling problems challenges questions that kind of thing so actually having independent impartial content on your site is a real valuable asset to the website and obviously one of our biggest traffic sources now is our blog there's yeah. a couple of points to to make on it so the first is um that to build a really effective uh, website presence and digital marketing presence today content is massive massive driver and mm. is so so important and it can have such a huge impact when you do it consistently and well over a period of time second point is that very few businesses do it well very very few it's it is very few people have the discipline know-how strategy to actually get a get content produced consistently and to do it in a way that actually works and gets them a result and what, what I think our clients get is while it can sometimes, you know, it's, you know, you, you still have to have some level of input, just being sent every month, two articles, four articles, eight articles that just land in your inbox. And all you got to do is read through them and give feedback. Oh my God. And then they just go live and they're promoted. 
just takes off this huge weight and just means that thing is, things are happening for you. And um, it's a it's a magical process. That's why people you know, work with us, isn't it? To get it off their plate. Yeah. That, so they know they should be doing. I think most people know they should be doing this mm. kind of stuff. Not usually don't really have the know-how all the time or the inclination or, you know, it's not really good use of director time necessarily to be sitting down yeah. writing blog articles or it's not stuff you want to be doing at the weekend. Uh, so we take that off people's plates. And so, using platforms as well, like software to, to kind of automate the scheduling of it in the future, I think has a, is a big mm. time saver because that frees, you know, you, you know that you've got content going out all done for the next two, three, four weeks, sometimes even longer, which can free up your time to create more time sensitive content mm. as well. If you want to, you don't worry about, Oh, I've got to get something out today. I've got to get that checked and that side. It's, it's having that organization I talked about earlier about the structure and the strategy is a really big impact on and makes, like you said, the client's life a lot easier. So we, we've talked about the client's involvement and I know that this was one of the, Andy, yeah, your questions that comes up uh, for you quite a lot is yeah. what time is, what time is involved and required. And I, mm. I saw it on the article you had up there as well. So uh, why don't we dive into that next? How much, how much time do business owners and directors need to have when they yeah well it very much ties in with what i was just saying about it's we're here to get that off their plate they don't they're generally speaking you know we don't deal with big corporate companies do we we've, we've the mm -hmm. last 17 years we we deal almost exclusively with small and medium businesses and we're generally dealing with the owners and the directors of the business and one thing they haven't got a lot of is time and um, so yeah this is designed to yeah, you know to get this done and not take their time it's designed for busy you know, our system is designed for the busy business owner. So um, there is a bit of time required, probably more upfront, or certainly more upfront in terms of kicking things off. So when we start a program, we always start with the kickoff meeting, don't we? And we, mm -hmm. we ask people to or assign two or three hours for, for the kickoff meeting um, to really do a deep dive on the business, to work on their persona, which is a really important part of how we create content. We're writing for their persona. So we mm -hmm. actually sit with them and create that persona. But this is all one-off stuff because when it's when it's done, it's done. Mm. Your personas, you set up your, and um, there's a you know probably a, a half a day of admin time or something like that you know, required yeah. in month one, and from there on we're into a kind of a, a, a cycle whereby you know we we do ask for a, a meeting at, you know, at least once every couple of months uh, on Zoom, just maybe a half an hour to an hour to um, talk through strategies and review progress. And so get on. Feedback. Get feedback and make sure we're on track and keep the relationship going, obviously. Um, but the, the heavy lifting, if you like, 90% mm -hmm. of the work we're doing in the office here. So we're writing the content for them. They, they, what they do need to do is approve the content. So if I go, I'm going to commandeer the screen again. Back to, we were looking here, the, the two step appro approval process. So we typically create a schedule of content two uh, three months in advance. So we work on quarterly cycles. So the, the first step is we research the keywords, we've done the buyer personas, we've got this title, this title, this title, so you know, a series of titles and the kind of bullet points of what we're going to cover in those articles. And you might say, yeah, 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 no, that one is not quite right. And we'll replace it with another one. And then so that takes a bit of time to look at just to make sure we've got the right schedule. The schedule's agreed. And then as Will was saying, beginning of the month, you might get uh, two, three, four, five uh, word documents with your blog articles on them and you will need to read them and feedback to us um, any uh, any feedback you know improvements or just approve them so that's usually I'd say 
what half an hour to an hour a month mm. in general to commit to that and that's what that's the main thrust of it really you've got your account manager your campaign manager who's on the end of the phone you know you're not limited you can ring them at any time if you want to discuss things um, but it's as i say it's very much designed for uh, the person who needs to concentrate their time on doing the most valuable things i think it's um, the same with most if you hire some, I always explain it, it's the equivalent of like hiring somebody. Like if you hired a marketing person, you wouldn't not talk to them mm. for a month every month. You know, the, you would check what the work that they were doing. You would check that they're doing a good job. You know, you would check the results that they're generating. It, not just marketing, in any area of your business that you employ somebody, you're going to check. If you're hiring a marketing agent, you, you're going to have to invest some time to, to get feedback, to learn and to develop um, and to, to make improvements as time goes along. But obviously, as the longer we work with you, the less we're going to need you as well. Like you were saying earlier, obviously, a lot of the work is done up front, but, you know, because we want to feel like we're an extension of your business. But, you know, that's it's not going to happen overnight, is it? And you can remove all those headaches of employing someone. So we, we always say we're a bit like a member of staff. I mean, in many ways, we're a member of staff mm. for our businesses, except we're bringing multiple people. And uh, you don't have holidays all... or sick days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're well behaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the main, well, the main part. Yeah. No. Uh, so I think um, some some people that we're talking to will think that it's magic and it'll just happen. Uh, by itself, which of course it doesn't. There is there is some level of input and feedback required. You have to work together uh, as a partnership. But yeah, a lot of a lot of the concern about time is because um, people have had experience where they've had to write all the content or do produce everything for themselves. Mm. So the, the the process really is it's it's hands off as we're used to so used to dealing with business owners that have got no time at all because they're hands on running the business day to day. So. The next question uh, that um, uh, comes up all the time is about timescales, how long, how long things take. Yeah. So who wants to take that one? I'll go with that one, unless anyone else wants to jump in. That's, I, I think that's one that, because I'm um, often involved in the specifics and um, once yeah, we're quite plans. close, yeah, I put, I put all the plans together for all of our clients. Everyone is working with us uh, at that end. Um, that's when this kind of thing really tends to come to the fore. You know, understandably, people want to they want sales. I think that's something we have to recognise is that the businesses mm. we talk to, they don't want nice Google rankings necessarily. They don't necessarily want more traffic to their site. I know they sometimes say they want that. They don't want nice pictures on the internet or Gandhi quotes going out on social media. They want sales. And that's why our system is you know, designed around getting sales. I think you said to me one time, Will, that in, you read somewhere that generally people overestimate what can be achieved in six months and underestimate yes. what can be achieved in six years yeah. or something along those lines. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> right. I bet it was about that. Was yeah. it five, six, six? It was a number anyway. But I think that's, that's sort of really resonated with me because um, the, the trap to fall into is to view this as kind of a, what's the word, turning a tap on. Yeah. Instant result. But we actually because, get this from clients that will say, oh, things are moving really slowly. And you're like, four weeks in. <laughs> <laughs> things have got to go, start going live you know it takes this is going to take a while to get to, to build up and it's an understandable approach from uh, small businesses sometimes haven't got that you know haven't got huge budgets to play mm. with and a natural way to approach it is to say i'll start by doing a bit and if that works i'll get some money back for it i'll then put yes. some more money back in and the theory of that works now what i would say is that if it was 
if it actually worked out as easy as that, then we'd uh, all be very rich. It's like so, saying, I'll, I'll just go to the gym 5% of the time. When, I'm, when I start seeing myself getting really ripped, I'll, then I'll commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, most small businesses, in my experience, you know, as I say, we've spoken to thousands of businesses between mm. us, probably tens of thousands, and the, <coughs> yeah, 90 something percent of them are frustrated with their marketing, which, you know, and not, yeah. the digital marketing is not really working for them as well as, they, as it yeah. could be. And they're over reliant on old school methods, word of mouth, and stuff. So we're, there's a really useful article on our site about this. So in fact, I'm going to go back to sharing my screen with you, which I often, um, it was, this was written a while ago. What we typically see, we've worked with you know, hundreds of businesses over the years. We look at it as you know, an initial 12 months, and that, that's kind of the first, first period. And what we, what we tend to see, because we have seen examples where, you know, I can think of one in particular where, I think the first week that we were working with them, they got uh, an inquiry that quickly turned into a sale that paid for the marketing for the next two years. Like a 90, 90 grand order yeah. Yeah. The, week one, yeah. So, you know, that can happen. It's not the norm. Mm -hmm. um, what we tend to see is that uh, there are measurable things that happen in month uh, six, one to six. So these are kind of bullet pointed here. What we, generally speaking, tend to see is improvements in probably softer benefits so things like website traffic is the biggest one number of visitors coming to the site you might see you know, more leads coming you know, obviously most of the people we talk to it takes them a while to convert the leads and it takes a while to, to hone you know getting the right leads coming in um, and there are other things like improves uh, cost per acquisition of lead and brand sentiment and followers on social media behavior of users and we can because we are sort of so measurable we can report back and we can look at all these things. We can see those improvements, the green shoots coming. Generally speaking, again, and this is across lots of businesses, it's six, month six to 12 where we see, I think the thing that really people want to see is because of JDR, I've got this money in the bank I wouldn't have had otherwise. I think that's what people, that's the mm. holy grail people are looking for. And that invariably comes in uh, month six to 12. I think if people go into a marketing campaign with the right mindset and see it as a long-term investment, I think the challenge comes with it's probably the market really you know there's you know our market is incredibly competitive people you don't have to look very hard to find another marketing company people check their emails this morning they probably would have received five or ten emails from right. seo companies marketing companies and it's we, you know, I, we, I, we, we get, we get well. emails oh, yeah. saying i've been checking your site every yeah. every every so often and one this morning <laughs> and the and, and the languaging of it is guaranteed rankings you know quick wit returns all that kind of people's attitude towards digital marketing traditionally was traditionally digital marketing it doesn't really sound right but you get the idea mm -hmm. is um that sort of people were guaranteed rankings and guaranteed traffic guaranteed leads and people over promise because it's so competitive they, they have to to win the work but obviously there's mm -hmm. That's where the jadedness comes in because it's overpromised on the deliver often. So people see that and then they go into, and then they, it's a different mindset here when we're talking about a much more rounded system that does take longer. So if people's attitude is, well, let me try it for a couple of months to see what I get out of it, inbound marketing is probably not the solution for them, mm -hmm. really. And I think that that's when you look at the time of what it would take for it to work because it ultimately depends on the solution. It depends on the market that they're in. It depends on their previous how good their website is already when we start working with them do you know what i mean like there's there's so many external factors that determine how long something will take so um page you just showed there and is really good but i think that there's so many factors that determine 
the success of it like that guy that got a lead in a week a client in a week or whatever but yeah. there's some that where we, we start working with them they haven't even got a website some of them they're not going to get a lead in a week because we're still building it i think so i think that that's probably my take on things is that it's a long-term strategy but it ultimately depends on where they're at currently when we start working with them and i would just say yeah summarize yeah the traps to avoid are to overestimate what can be achieved short term and actually to to underestimate what can be achieved long term because look at some of these case studies on our website and look at the difference we've made yeah. to some of these businesses and you know, people with millions of pounds in their bank accounts that wouldn't be there if it weren't for us and um there's a um there's a there's a famous book uh, which many many business owners uh, have read called uh, rich dad poor dad all about investing and uh, financial wealth management and so on um, but in it, there's a there's a fable of of a little village that wanted to get a water supply and went out to contract it. One contractor started fetching and carrying water daily to the village and getting paid for it straight away. And another contractor started building a pipeline, and that took longer. Uh, it took months and months and months. But once the pipeline is built, the person ferrying the water to and from the reservoir every day is out of business because the pipeline is just producing the flow of water in all the time. And when done, when done right, your website and your marketing should be like that pipeline where every month there's just this flow of new inquiries and leads and sales and opportunities coming into your business. And the impact that that has is just enormous on the value of your business on the confidence that you can have to make investment decisions, to uh, make strategic decisions and planning decisions about your company, about the that you, you're standing in your industry. So it takes time to build that, but the the, the payoff in the long run is massive. Right. So the, uh, the the next biggie that we get is cost. How much will things cost? How much does all of this marketing cost? Who's getting that hot potato? <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I? I'll, I'll start if that's all right. Yeah, that's um, fine. Uh, um, it's my turn to commandeer the screen now, Andy. I'm just going to point to a site, and I'll um, in the description of the video, I'll add links to all the articles and things that we've uh, we've shared and talked about. But we've got a good page on this on our website. If you go to the pricing and packages section, we have this this page that gives a good guideline of uh, of costs. It explains how we arrive at a budget or a plan for a business because no two businesses are the same as i said earlier so we have this process which we're all involved in from you know initial you know understanding of a business to doing a full uh, in-depth questionnaire full review of their existing marketing competitor analysis looking at all the different strategies we could apply and look at what's worked for other similar businesses and then putting that together into campaign options that are totally tailored based on the resources starting point budget goals of uh, of the business but we also have on this page uh, a calculator that you can put your details in and have a play around with um, that um, uh, can work out well what if we do we just want to do x amount of google ads and some email marketing or we want to do uh have loads of strategic input as well and uh, and so on so you can actually build your own campaign and work out how much it will cost using that calculator now i've i've hijacked that um uh, andy g do you want to kind of pick things up from there yeah no um i think it, it, it's it's a common question that gets asked you know and i think that when you're looking at a marketing strategy and looking at how much 
that that's what you're looking for you're looking for a return on your investment but how much is the investment going to be to get your money back and i think that it, it's a very difficult question to answer because as i said earlier with how long something takes how much something costs depends again on well okay how good is their website currently can we work with this if we marketed it will it get leads will it get inquiries will it get sales you know is that something we have to factor in how competitive is their marketplace I spoke to an IT support company last week in London. Google Ads cost per click, IT support London. Do you, I, I look, do you know how much yeah. that 20 pounds a click? 89. Oh. Yeah. The, the high end of it, 89 pounds a click. And there was some that are over 100. Where you compare that to IT support in... Be careful. I'm not going to say anywhere, to be fair. But like somewhere, a quite remote village somewhere. Let's go to the Isle of Wight, actually. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get complaints, Andy. Yeah, I know. So I, I, won't I love the Isle of Wight. I'll go there every year. Yeah. But somewhere a lot smaller, obviously yeah. the competition isn't, and that's the problem with digital marketing is that, I know, I know mm. I'm talking about paid ads here, but the, high, the more the competition, the higher the price for yeah, advertising. Yeah. So that's a factor that you've got to consider. I always kind of say, because I'm sort of talking to people quite an early stage, is that what you're getting from JDR is, is probably a department of marketers for the cost of probably hiring a person. You know, if we're going to be doing, working on their entire marketing strategy, it's not just working on one or two tactics, it's working on their entire strategy. Then that's typically what a business would look like. So that could be, you know, someone just out of university, a graduate on not just over minimum wage or whatever it is over the course of a year, but you could hire a marketing director on 80 grand a year. Some mm. businesses can. And I think that that's, that's the question. It's so dependent on other factors. It's difficult to say because uh, as a bespoke agency, we don't have a price list. The best we've got is that great tool that you've shown there, Will, because it, it helps people. It's not a quote, you know, it's not an exact thing, but it gives people an idea. And I think that people in today's market accept that you can't give an exact number straight away because it's not like choosing from a menu because it depends on all of the other factors as well but that's normally what i would say i think the biggest thing is it's, you know, it's a bit like hiring someone it's a bit like yeah. the cost of hiring someone you know, typically speaking all things considered in most cases now, as i said earlier that we're a bit like in many ways and that's one of them that we're like hiring somebody and um but you, the advantage is we've got what 20 what's the latest headcount 29 is it 29 29 yeah. staff right at the time of recording <laughs> with all different le levels of expertise generally what needs to be done for most of the businesses we talk to is not a one-person job so you could hire a really proficient marketing person mm. and it's like they're human <laughs> they're a human and they've got things they're really good at things they're average at things they're not very good at most humans mm. and um, i don't think there's any person one person including the directors in jdr that you could say right have this person for a year and they can do this for you Will's been with companies since day one, expert on strategy. You, you couldn't build a website from scratch, I, could you? I can't do any code. No, <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do any graphic design. There's, there's absolutely. So, yeah, we. Any of other limitations, I'm sure, but those are those two that jump out. <laughs> those are the main ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are very much like a marketing department. Yeah, we have people that are that specialize in SEO, in Google Ads, in content. We've got a full time developer, got uh, web designers. I think the biggest thing is that it's all brought together by a strategy and you're talking to, you're not talking to an SEO person and they're going off and doing their thing and then talking to a BBC, you know, a Google ads person and they're going off doing their thing, talking to someone else who's independent of them about content. We're all working for a, in the same direction under one roof and that's when the results come. Okay. So we've covered 
four or five really big major questions there. You both put some put some lists together. So should we kind of do um, some some quick fire ones for? Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure those are the probably the biggest. Um, uh, yeah, these are the main ones. Uh, often people say, "How have you? Who else have you worked with in our industry?" That's a big one. So sometimes yeah. that's easy because we'll have worked with loads of businesses oh, in that industry. Yeah. And there's also plenty of industries where it's the first time we ever worked with a company that does that. <laughs> yeah. Because this, one of the things I love about what we do is that there are so many different businesses out there doing so many interesting, unique things <laughs> that you come across. You know, I can't believe there's a business doing this. We had someone yeah. say to me, "Can you? Uh, are you working with anyone else in our industry? And I said, I've never even spoken to someone that does what you do. Yeah. And it's so yeah. niche. Yeah, the thing is to think, to remember that we're more important than if we've done work with any other, you know, car park line marketing companies or industrial boreholders, is that this system applies to all businesses, really. The system, that's so important. And applying, we can take a business, we don't need to get technical degrees in it, but we can apply this system to it and um, we can get them results. And as you can see on the website, there's loads of industries we've worked in and uh, and got results in. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways, it can be seen as an advantage that we don't have that experience. Because if we advertise ourselves as, or, or you know, these industry experts, and with, you know, it can make you, because you think you know the industry, you don't need to know the client's business. Oh, you're, the, you're just another accountant sort of thing, or you're another solicitor. We know what we're doing, you know, yeah. or another insurance company or whatever. So for us, not having that sort of understand you know we we have to get to know that business on a deep level so even if the fact that we don't have industry experience it's not a challenge because it helps us become more motivated to get to know that business on a deep level as opposed to just going oh we know about you already we'll just crack on sort of thing it can seem like a safe bet can't it to say uh, yeah yeah we let's pick the company that works only with accounts and um you know you find you've got those challenges you just talked about plus you find that they're probably working with you and the next competitor and the next one and Mm. You know, they're doing the same thing, almost competing against themselves. Whereas if we work with your niche, there's every chance that... We'll, we'll be your competitive advantage. Correct. Yes. All right. So two two more um, quick ones. One that uh, that you get asked sometimes, Andy G, is are we going to need a new website? Touched on That's that another, it depends, isn't it? Yeah, it, I've touched on that a few times today because it does depend on where they're at currently. Obviously, ideally, we want to create as minimal upheaval for them as possible. So if we can work with their existing website, we will do, okay? Um, it's not like a prerequisite that, oh, if you must work with JDR, we must change your website. But sometimes... We, have to, we also have to be honest. And if someone's yeah. website is going to hold back the results, we have to flag that up and say something has to be done about it. Yeah. Exactly right. You know, you could pretend otherwise and uh, convince someone to go ahead, <laughs> but you're just creating a problem for everybody later down yeah. the track. And it, it's, it's probably cheaper in the long run as well, because yeah. they do it if they get the website straight away. It's like having a, a smartphone. You know, you, I've got an iPhone 13 and the client we're working with has an iPhone 1. You know, mm. I could take the iPhone one apart. Or I couldn't, but someone could and make it into an iPhone 13. But it'd be cheaper for just to buy an iPhone 13 in the first place. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's it's a way that I look at it and go when you're marketing, you're just fighting a losing battle constantly because you've got if it's old, if it's a security certificate, it's not dated, loads of different factors. It's actually promoting it would cause a detrimental effect to the business. Mm-hmm. So it would make commercial sense to have a, a better website initially. But obviously, ideally, most businesses update, update their websites every couple of years. So usually speaking, it's not a case of we'll do their website as part of it so do kind of in extreme circumstances i would say yeah 
All right. So uh, only if only if necessary. Yes. Um, yeah. Best then, advice, isn't it? Best advice. Yeah. Um, exactly. Been working what you got. Great. That's brilliant. If if we can't, we'll tell you up front. Uh, last last one. This is my favourite one. Uh, what happens if we get too much business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Guys, what one. a great problem. I would. <laughs> what an absolutely fantastic. It, it is, and it is. No, in all seriousness, that is a that is a challenge. It is. I think it's a perceived challenge. There'll be some people that hear that and go, "I can't believe anyone would ever say that." Um, yeah. You do get yeah. people do worry about that sometimes because they don't want to turn people away and don't want to let existing customers down and have finite level of capacity yeah they're already busy as anything doing all their work and they feel like if i get a load of leads coming in and, and i yeah. don't have time to follow them up it's going to really be detrimental to the business i think it's um, definitely not a nice that'd be a lovely problem to have yeah. i'd much rather you had too many leads than not enough and so it's also why what part of the the questionnaire and the meetings and, and everything that we do to get to know a business first before making recommendations is if we know that that's a challenge then that might affect the scale of the campaign and the type of tactic that we employ in general content and seo is kind of a gradual it's consistent but gradual so it doesn't tend to have that that big kind of influx that uh, that can frighten some people uh, or make make some people nervous but uh, there, there are other forms of uh, of marketing that are more instantaneous and have kind of that more instant impact so yeah it's part of tailoring the plan isn't it yeah yeah okay. it's just it's like i say so numerous times it's not turning a tap on in the majority mm. of cases it's a it's a build up a slow burn and you get used to it as you build things up as well if we would generate the same amount if we think about how many leads our website generate a month like if we said if we did it if we go back eight nine years when we started and said that's how many you know as a business we probably wouldn't be able to cope with that amount you know internally whereas now it's like second nature but because the two two have grown together exactly right so your business grows and you're so it's not a case of, oh, no, we've got all these leads to deal with. Actually, mm. you just get used to it. And it could be five, one month, it could be 10, 20. And, and you just get used to it as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I hope we haven't just answered all those questions with it depends. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some given, context somewhere. Uh, yeah. Some, um, uh, because it does. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, watching this, you uh, get a sense of how, much thought and planning goes into designing a program and how it's tailored. Um, and also it's, you know, once, you know, we, we don't necessarily, once you start on a plan, that's not, it's not that you're fixed on that for 10 years, we will change it and adapt it as things change. And as we get feedback in terms of the results along the way. So a lot of, you know, once we're in year two and three with a lot of clients, we'll, we'll be changing what we're doing, how we're doing it and adapting as their businesses grow and change as they bring new people in as they open up new markets uh, etc so on a final note if you're watching this and, and haven't yet uh, had a conversation with us um, then uh, please go to the website you can book in a meeting with Andy G directly from our uh, our website and uh, have an initial conversation find out more about what we do how we do it how it would relate to you and your business and uh, we'll find out a bit more about your circumstances your goals ambitions where your starting points, your industry, et cetera, and we start that process of getting a, a, a tailored plan and uh, a, a recommended course of action uh, for you and your business. Right, Andy, Andy, right. that was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, good to see you. And um, you've got yeah. five minutes to get ready for your meeting, Andy. Your next yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got, I've got to um, jump on another call now. So I've got five minutes. That's good timing, guys. Cheers for All that. Right. Cheers. Thanks, gents. Bye. Cheers, Bye. Bye.
So there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for stopping by. If you have any questions we haven't covered, then please get in touch and we'll happily do them. Uh, We'll be back for our next episode on a more uh, traditional topic discussion and look forward to speaking to you then. Bye for now.